Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and uh, we are here today exploring some of the cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history as we usually do. And uh, if it's your first time, welcome. Hope you make a habit of dropping in on us now and then to see what we've been up to. Today we're going to be playing uh, the music of a British uh, jazz performer, and uh, I've been exploring this a little bit. I've done several programs on British jazz, including one on Britpop uh, for WETF. That's a, uh, a program of early British bebop recordings. I'm going to be following that up with a, uh, a second one uh, very soon, which will feature some early bebop late swing performances by uh, British groups that feature two tenor saxophonists, or different tenor saxophonists, Tubby Hayes and Ronnie Scott. But today we're going to be listening to arguably the most famous British jazz musician, certainly I think the one you'd have to say was the most influential and the most commercially successful, and I'm speaking about pianist George Shearing. George Shearing was born in 1919. He was born blind and uh, raised uh, playing music, but uh, also performing in some of the schools for the blind that he attended. He was uh, early on recognized for his incredible ear. He could reproduce anything he heard played and then remember it. His memory, I guess, would uh, be called eidetic these days, but uh, he, he was really quite a phenomenon in that, uh, in that regard. He started playing professionally as a teenager in the mid-1930s. He uh, swallowed up all the jazz recordings, uh, piano recordings, especially from America, that he could get his hands on. He became very uh, enamored of the styles of Earl Hines, Teddy Wilson, and Art Tatum. And we're going to hear influences uh, of those uh, esteemed players reflected in the recordings we're going to hear today. We're going to be starting with some of the first recordings that Shearing made. The first one's under his own name. He had recorded as a sideman with Vic Lewis in the mid-1930s, but we're going to start with some of the Decca recordings that were set up for him uh, by jazz critic and pianist Leonard Feather. And Leonard Feather, of course, came over to the United States in the later part of the 1930s, actually shortly after these recordings were made in 1939, and set up dates in America and became a noted uh, jazz journalist, uh, as well as a pianist and sometime composer. We're going to hear a couple of his compositions and at least one example of his piano playing today. As well. So these recordings we're going to hear were made for Decca in 1939 and 1941 and 42. Might get up to 1943 as well. Uh, with the exception of the first two or three, they will be, uh, for the first part of the program anyway, solo piano performances, uh, occasionally accompanied by drums as well. He, uh, Shearing, was, as I said, kind of a chameleon-like soloist at this point. He uh, could run the gamut of jazz styles, even hitting Fats Waller and James P. Johnson, as well as some of the boogie-woogie pianists. Uh, his fully formed style didn't really emerge until the late 1940s. We're going to be hearing at the end of the program some of the band recordings that he was doing in the mid-1940s, and some of them that were really looking ahead to bebop. Uh, but first, we're going to start with a couple of tunes that were done uh, by George Shearing, a accompanied by Carlo Cromer on drums. These were done in London on March 2nd of 1939. We're going to hear the old standard, How Come You Do Me Like You Do, followed by a shearing original called Stomp in F. Then we're going to hear kind of a curiosity after that. This is a tune called Squeeze in the Blues, a co-composition by Shearing and Leonard Feather. Leonard Feather plays piano on this one, along with uh, Carlo Cromer on drums, and Shearing switches over to accordion. Apparently he had played accordion in his youth and still occasionally played it as of the late 1930s. I don't think he ever went back to it, not that I'm aware of anyway. But this is a kind of an interesting uh, sidelight to his career. 
Following that, we're going to hear a couple of piano solos. The first one from uh, Two Years and One Day Later, March 3rd of 1941, also recorded for Decca in London. He, uh, George Shearing, must have heard this recording uh, of a tune called Southern Fried by Harlan Leonard and his Rockets. This is a tune by Harlan Leonard, and uh, he did it here as a piano solo. And then we are going to finish up that set with a Shearing original called Delayed Action, and uh, this tune... Uh, slightly later. This goes to April of April 23rd of 1941. So that's our set. We have How Come You Do Me Like You Do, Stomp in F, Squeeze in the Blues, Southern Fried and Delayed Action, all featuring George Shearing on piano.
So that was George Shearing and a couple of different groups, but under his own name, recording for Decca Records in 1939 and 1941. Started out with How Come You Do Me Like You Do and Stomp in F, both by George Shearing on piano with Carlo Kramer on drums. And those were done on March 2nd of 1939. You can really hear the different influences in there. How Come You Do Me Like You Do was... Teddy Wilson-like, maybe a little stride thrown in there, but Stompin' F showed that he had been listening to Count Basie uh, and Fats Waller as well, and Carlo Kramer would certainly uh, have admitted to listening to Joe Jones, I'm sure, as well on that. Then we went to Squeezin' the Blues, an unusual performance with Shearing on accordion, backed by Leonard Feather on piano. Feather and uh, Shearing were the co-composers of that tune, and Carlo Kramer on drums. Then we finished up with two solo pieces, Southern Fried, the Harlan Leonard tune, which had some very unusual melodic uh, twists and turns, as well as some harmonic intricacies in there, too. It was done for Harlan Leonard's Rockets. Um, Tad Dameron had written for that band as well. You have to wonder if maybe he had a hand in that. He may have done the arrangement. I'm not sure he did not or was not credited with the tune at any rate. And that was George Shearing on March the 3rd of 1941. And we finished up with a kind of an atmospheric, uh, modern-sounding tune called Delayed Action by George Shearing. And that was from uh, April 23rd of 1941. So all of these are George Shearing performances. The next set is going to be entirely devoted to Shearing piano solos. We're going to get into his... Um, Art Tatum style in a couple of tunes, especially the first one, which is a very interesting and, and, and pleasing little tune by Artie Shaw called Moon Ray. This is not one that's been revived too much. I know of recordings by Sonny Stitt and, of course, Artie Shaw and a 
few other people as well. Often it's thought of as a big band tune. It's credited to Artie Shaw, I think it's Charlie Queener, a uh, piano player, and Bingy Madison on uh, uh, the tenor saxophone player who wasn't with Shaw. I think they all combined on this. So Moon Ray is our first tune. Shows some very uh, flashy Tatum-esque runs and some out-of-time uh, passages, especially in the first chorus by George Shearing. Then we're going to follow that up with Rosetta, the Earl Hines tune, and suitably, uh, Shearing is in an Earl Father Hines bag on that one. These are both from April 23rd of 1941, uh, as the, uh, one, actually, I take that back. These are from a little bit later. They're from April 28th of 1942. Still done for DECA. Now we're in the midst of World War II in London, and uh, these were being done during the Blitz. So uh, it's amazing that we have any recorded evidence of Shearing from this period, but we have some excellent uh, pieces as well. Then following that, we're going to uh, jump up to um, December 12th of 1942, and a date that gave us Ghost of a Chance. I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You, um, composed in part by Bing Crosby. That was one of his early theme songs, I believe. Then we're going to finish up with two tunes from December 21st of 1943. We're going to hear Sweet Lorraine, the great uh, Mitchell Parrish and Cliff Burwell tune, and then a Shearing original called I Found a New Boogie, which uh, shows him jumping on the Boogie Woogie bandwagon, a little bit late perhaps, but uh, showing very effective Boogie Woogie patterns in his piano playing. So that's our set uh, coming up. Moonray, Rosetta, I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance, Sweet Lorraine, and I Found a New Boogie. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you.
That was a vigorous performance of a tune called I Found a New Boogie that had a lot of different styles attached to it. Some boogie-woogie, also some more modern blues type of playing. This was done, uh, as I mentioned, in uh, December of 1943 in London for Decca Records, George Shearing. Before that, we heard a uh, moderate tempo version of Sweet Lorraine, often taken at ballad speed. That was Jimmy Noon's theme song, and of course, a couple of years later, Nat King Cole had a big hit recording of that. Uh, but this was a kind of a, of a dance range tempo, but with some very fine piano playing as well. Before that, a very uh, reflective, semi-rubato performance of I Don't Stand a Ghost of a Chance with You. For that, we go back to uh, 1942, uh, December of 1942. All of these for Decca Records, recorded in London. And uh, we hear some of the Artatum influence, which we did on the opening number as well. But before A Ghost of a Chance, we heard Rosetta, the Earl Hines tune, which in this case, reflected uh, Hines' influence. It was almost uh, as if Shearing was doing a, a, an Earl Hines imitation, and he very well may have been. He was a, a great mimic. He could uh, play anybody's style, any piano player's style. As I said, he had a what would today probably be called an eidetic memory for music. Uh, when having no sight, his other senses sort of took over a little bit, and in addition to a fabulous ear, he had a fabulous memory. And uh, he could run through all kinds of different piano styles in the course of even one performance. He only had the performer who uh, sort of had a reputation for doing that was Errol Garner, who was uh, a similarly uh, idiosyncratic piano player, I guess you'd have to say. And then we started out, as I mentioned, with that unusual tune Moon Ray by Artie Shaw, really nifty little minor keyed tune that I don't know why more jazz players haven't picked up on, but uh, here Shearing starts out in a Tatum vein and then goes into more of a, of a, of a stride influence style after that. So we're going to go on to some band performances right now, and uh, these are, as I said, all from the early 40s and uh, up to the mid-40s. Shearing left England in 1946 to come to the United States. He became a naturalized U.S. citizen in, I think it was 1956, but he started playing with Buddy DeFranco and briefly with Oscar Pettiford and some other American stars before he put his own quintet together, and that was a... Uh, a very influential kind of chamber jazz group, uh, almost along the lines of the modern jazz quartet in sound. It had a vibraphone uh, with the piano, also sometimes a guitar, bass, and drums. And they played very tightly arranged versions of standards, including some of Shearing's own work, including his biggest hit, Lullaby uh, of Birdland. But uh, we're not going to be getting to that. We're going to be leading up to that, though. We're going to start by playing a tune uh, from 1942, May of 1942, again, Decca Records. This was by a band called the Melody Maker Competition Band. Melody Maker was a, a music publication, pop music publication in England at the time, and these were the poll winners amongst the English jazz musicians. Quite a range of players in here. Dave Wilkins, Kenny Baker, and Tommy McWhorter on trumpets. Wolf Phillips and George Chisholm on trombone. Chisholm also did the arrangements. 
Harry Parry on clarinet, Harry Hayes on alto sax. On tenor sax, we have George Evans, Aubrey Franks, and Reg Dare. George Shearing on piano, Joe Denise on guitar, Tommy Bromley on bass, and Jock Cummings on drums. And as I said, this was from May 31st, 1942, a tune called the Red Duster Rag. So kind of a, uh, an unusual style piece, swing going back to more Dixieland style and many things in between. Following that, we're going to hear a version of the Duke Ellington tune, Rockin' in Rhythm. And uh, this is an interesting version done by Harry Hayes and his band. We mentioned Harry Hayes in the last group. Uh, Hayes was an alto sax player, had his own group uh, for quite a while. He was known as sort of on the cusp of modern jazz, uh, late swing to to bebop. And he had a career that went into the 60s and 70s before he retired to uh, uh, run a record shop. In fact, he had several record shops, I guess, in the London area and uh, only infrequently came out of retirement. But he had a very good reputation as a player. This recording was made on December 13th of 1946. Harry Hayes and his band featuring Leo Wright on trumpet, Harry Hayes on alto, Tommy Whittle on tenor sax, Bill Lewington on baritone sax, George Shearing on piano, Alan Ferguson on guitar, Bert Howard on bass, and Johnny Wise on drums. And these were done for HMV, his master's voice, the RCA Victor British label. So that's rocking in rhythm. After that, we're going to go to a tune uh, that was recorded by another poll winners group, uh, the melody, ma- another different melody makers group, I should say. This is Blue Moon, parts one and two, two sides of a record. We have Reg Arnold on trumpet, Wolf Phillips on trombone, Frank Weir on clarinet, Ronnie Scott on tenor sax with shearing, Pete Chilver on guitar, Jack Fallon on bass, and Norman Burns on drums. These were done for Columbia in June of 1947. And uh, with Ronnie Scott and Pete Chilver especially, we have definitely some bebop influence in there as well. Then we're going to finish up with a tune called the Five Flat Flurry, which was uh, a tune that was composed, I believe, by um, uh, Shearing. It was recorded by a number of bands uh, at the time, and uh, this will feature, of course, George Shearing on piano, along with uh, several players that we've just heard. We're going to hear Kenny Baker on trumpet on this one, with Harry Hayes again on alto, Aubrey Frank on tenor, Tommy Bromley on bass, and Carlo Kramer on drums. And these uh, were recorded for DECA in February, February 14th of 1944. So these are our George Shearing band sessions uh, from his British period. The Red Duster Rag, Rockin' in Rhythm, Blue Moon, and Five Flat Flurry.
Then we have a range of swing and bebop. We finished up with uh, Five Flat Flurry, the uh, tune by George Shearing that was recorded by his uh, sextet on February 14th of 1944 for Decca, one of several tunes recorded, but that uh, it's the only one that I came, have come across. Uh, it featured Kenny Baker on trumpet, Harry Hayes on alto, Aubrey Frank on tenor, George Shearing on piano, Tommy Bromley on bass, and Carlo Cromer on drums of the Five Flat Flurry. The Harry Hayes Band recorded that uh, at another point, and several other bands did as well, including at least one Dixieland band I know. Then before that, we heard uh, an interesting group. It was actually a live uh, concert, and we heard two parts of Blue Moon, or Blue Moon issued on two parts of a 78, I should say. It was called the... Um, Melody Maker and Columbia Records Jazz Rally. Uh, these were stars from both of their, uh, both of those uh, recording companies' rosters at the time. As I said, that was done in June, June of uh, June 29th of 1947, and uh, it featured Reg Arnold on trumpet, Wolf Phillips on trombone, Frank Weir on clarinet, Ronnie Scott doing some early tenor uh, sax. He had a much bigger sound at the time. He was more in the lines of Coleman Hawkins, and later on he sort of started moving towards. Wardell Gray and some of the more bebop players. George Shearing on piano, Pete Chalver, or Chilver rather, on guitar, Jack Fallon on bass, and Norman Burns on drums. A nice extended uh, performance of that tune. And before that, we heard Rockin' in Rhythm, and that was the um, uh, Harry Hayes band that featured uh, a nice little cross-section of swing and soon-to-be bebop players. Leo Wright was on trumpet with Harry Hayes on alto. Tommy Whittle was much better known later on as a, as a bebop-influenced player, sort of along the Wardell Gray, uh, Stan Getz lines. He was on tenor sax. Bill Lewington on baritone sax was shearing on piano. Alan Ferguson was a good swing-era guitar player whose career went back to the early 30s. Bert Howard on bass and Billy Wilshire, actually in this case Johnny Wise, on drums. And this was recorded on December 13th of 1946 for HMV Victor. And we started that set with the Melody Makers Competition Band doing a tune called the Red Duster Rag, arranged and I think composed by George Chisholm, the trombone player. Also heard Dave Wilkins, Kenny Baker, and Tommy McWhorter on trumpet, uh, Wolf Phillips on trombone, uh, Harry Parry on clarinet, Harry Hayes on alto, George Evans, Aubrey Franks, and Reg Dare on tenor. I think it was Aubrey Franks who took the solo there. George Shearing on piano, Joe Denise on guitar, Tommy Bromley on bass, and Josh Cummings on drums. Again for DECA, May 31st, 1942. We hope you've enjoyed this George Shearing, early George Shearing program, and some uh, fine British jazz from the late 30s and early to mid 40s, sort of a transitional period between swing and bebop, with uh, all united by the exceptional piano skills of George Shearing. And as I said, he came over to the United States not long after that last recording and uh, stayed uh, based in the U.S. Uh, for the rest of his life. He lived into the early 2000s. He was uh, over 90 by the time he died at a very long Active and interesting career, very well documented on recordings, not only with his own groups, but uh, playing with other people as well. He had an interesting album with Stefan Grappelli later in life. Uh, Grappelli was one of the first uh, major jazz stars to hire him back when he was a teenager in the 19, early 1940s. 
So we hope you've enjoyed this. This is the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you tune in every once in a while to see what we're up to. We have quite a backlog of all different styles of jazz and blues here on the Jazz Focus. Our home is on uh, Anchor.fm. Uh, we can be heard on Spotify and Apple. And uh, if you'd like to be in our family and like to sponsor us, we're always looking for new sponsors, whether continuing sponsorships or uh, one time, whatever, whatever you'd like. And uh, always happy to hear from you on social media as well. My Facebook page is my band name, Wolverine Jazz Band, Facebook and Instagram, and also WolverineJazzBand.net. So feel free to reach out, love to hear your opinions, and I'll see you on the other side.